Welcome to It's the ADHD Friendly Podcast, where we talk all things well-being, personal development, and living our best damn ADHD lives at home and at work. My name is Karen McGill. I'm a certified ADHD life coach, and I'm here to help you do life better. Hey, everyone. I am coming to you from my new podcasting mic, which I'm not sure if I have it optimized properly, but I hope the sound is better than what you've been hearing to date, which is basically my um, Apple headphones in my closet. So I'm in my office today, and I've got two screens and a ring light and this fancy recorder thingy, all the things. I feel like a pro. (laughs) And uh, just before I even get into any of the topics, this is my little way of getting 1% better every day. I know I'm not the best podcaster. I know I'm not the best YouTuber. And by the way, I am on YouTube and I am there quite literally by myself. It's very lonely on YouTube. So if you prefer to uh, watch as opposed to listen or read, please join me over there. I would really appreciate it. Uh, But for this week, I want to talk about something that's very near and dear to my heart. And it's something that I have suffered with my entire life. And I've always thought that there was something wrong with me because of it. So what I'm talking about today is this um, phenomenon. It was actually called job hopping syndrome. Uh, And I don't know how, uh, you know, statistic or or how official that uh, term is from a psychological perspective, but I think you get the gist of just from the title. The job hopping syndrome is something that I have always suffered with. Um, I get into a job and uh, I like it for about, I don't know, anywhere between six weeks and two years. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, it just kind of, the glory just goes away. And yes, this is something that all of us deal with at some point. But when you have ADHD and you lose interest in something, (laughs) you just want to drop it like a hot potato. So uh, throughout my entire career, I have done this and I've gone from not just one job to the next, but one profession to the next. And I've come in and out of corporate several times. Uh, I have started up different businesses that are completely unrelated. I've had a women's entrepreneur network. I've had a food product company. And in the last 10 years, I've been coaching, which is probably the longest thing I've ever done, even though the nature of my coaching has changed. So Long story short, I always looked at that as a shortcoming of mine, that I'm very fickle and uncommittal and not sure if I want what I want to do when I grow up, which is kind of not funny anymore when you're in your 50s. <laughs> so that's where this episode is coming from. And uh, I hope that by the end of it, um, I've given you some peace of mind if you resonate with uh, with what I'm talking about. So I want to kick it off with a quote from a fellow ADHDer, uh, and she was sharing one of her biggest struggles that she's dealing with right now in her business. She said, and I quote, I have four, a four-year cycle of loving things I do. I just hit the four-year mark in my business, and I'm over it, even though this was my best year ever. <sighs> I totally get that frustration, and um, I imagine most of us do, especially those of us with ADHD. But here's the thing. We have interest-driven brains, as you know. So when we find something new that sparks our interest, we can totally hyper-focus on it, and it feels like the best thing ever until 
such point that is no longer. <laughs> because of this unique wiring we have in our brains, when we are interested in what we're doing, we get tons of dopamine from it. Dopamine, as you know, or maybe you don't know, uh, it helps us with our executive function skills because it lights up the prefrontal cortex. So when our prefrontal cortex is all lit up and we are, you know, firing on all cylinders, we are cognitively at our very best and our most productive. Uh, but the minute things start to get a little less uh, interesting, or maybe they become too routine if you don't like routine, the dopamine starts to wane. And as that happens, staying focused is getting harder and harder, right? Like as soon as things stop becoming interesting or novel, they kind of just it gets really hard to maintain your focus. And at this point, I just want to say that it's not your fault, right? Like this is the way your brain is wired. So if you do carry a lot of guilt and shame about jumping from job to job, here's a moment where I get to, you know, give you a big virtual hug and say, it's not you, it's your brain. <laughs> now, I realize that um, our neurotypical family and friends may look at this at a short, as a shortcoming. Uh, I know people have this belief that, you know, it's ideal to have an interest that you come up with in high school and it's something that you commit yourself to for your entire life and you go to college for it and you work in this area until you're 65 and then you retire. That's sort of like the ideal, right? Like we all went to school with somebody who always wanted to be a doctor and they became a doctor. Well, you know, I used to think I just envied those people so much because I've bumped around so much thinking I didn't know what I wanted to do. But now I realize that I, I do know what I want to do and I do it, but then it's, you know, it runs a cycle and then I'm on to the next thing. So I want you to start reframing the way you think about this process if you do feel shameful. Now, it can get us into trouble, especially we invest if we invest our time, money, resources into doing something that we hope will work out for the long haul. And then we find out at some point that the juice wasn't worth the squeeze. And, you know, that can happen not just with jobs, it can happen with businesses, it happens with hobbies. I've got like a million things in my garage that you know, were at one point super interesting to me <laughs> and are no longer like my garage is like the graveyard of my previous interests. So I hope I'm not the only one there. <laughs> uh, but anyways, when it does come to jobs, um, it can start to make a resume look a little indecisive and that doesn't always present well. And that I think is really where that cycle of shame and guilt start to come in because we start to think there's something wrong with us and we can't stick to one thing. And yes, it can hold us back when, in our career development if we have to change and pivot a lot to reinvent ourselves. I don't know about you, but for a large part of my career, I always felt like I was at entry level. So it's in your best interest to manage the cycle of interest. I don't necessarily think you need to fight against it, but it is helpful to manage it. And that's what we're going to talk about next. So how do we do that? Well, the first thing is to accept it is what it is. 
when you have an interest-driven brain, it is just likely that you're going to cycle through many career paths and interests throughout the entire course of your life. And that's just okay. And, you know, I always like to remember folks uh, that we live in a very neurotypical world that was not built for us. So we need to bend it in our direction a little bit and make it work for us. And this is one of these things that we need to do. So once you've accepted this reality about yourself, then it becomes so much easier to manage it in the context of your career and in your life, your personal life. When you know that, you know, you're probably going to be cycling through interests and hobbies and business for, I don't know, maybe two to four years, for example, then you can ask yourself some smart questions before you get into the next thing to find out whether or not it's worth pursuing. So when we are starting to think about that sort of thing, like if you're kind of at the cycle of um, your interest cycle is starting to, let's say, come to the at the end point, you can feel yourself getting uh, disinterested and, and or you see the next thing that's like a shiny object and you want to dump whatever it is you have now, you know, that whole squirrel concept. Here's what I would suggest doing and is really thinking about that next thing and the ROI of that endeavor. Like, is it something, if it's a career, is it something that you're going to need to re-educate on or get a lot of practice or apprenticeship and years of experience to become an expert at? Or is it something that you can develop skills like with short, intensive training or just leverage the skills you have? Intensive trainings, by the way, can be a great way to go for some ADHD folks, especially if it's an area of intense interest and, uh, you know, you have the right support structure in place to just hyper-focus for a short period of time in order to get the skills, you know, you need to move on. So I kind of already touched upon this, but you also really want to think through whether or not you can build transferable skills as you move into your next thing. So Things like, you know, communication skills, project management skills, content creation skills, all of these sort of things that you can bring from one thing to the next without having to start over from square one. I'll give you a personal example. In my career for the last 10 years, as I mentioned, I have been coaching, but it was in the area of health and fitness. And I also did a lot of content creation around health and fitness because that's how I would attract my ideal customer. And I had a lot of marketing setups to really sort of nurture that client to bring them into my sphere. And finally, we would end up working together. That workflow, all those skills, talents, awareness, and just knowledge has totally been transferable. So I've pivoted on who I coach and why I coach them because I'm no longer coaching women over 40 who want to lose weight, but I am coaching women in the context of ADHD and in areas and topics like this. So I'm able to bring everything with me and um, I'm also able to leverage a lot of the interests and skills that I have that have been lifelong passions like psychology and personal growth and learning, love of learning, all of these things. I've been able to bring them in to this new career. And I know that there is just, you know, so much more runway for me to grow in this career. So while I do think that I have a cycle of interest and it does peter off, there's different ways that I can adjust in this this career. So another thing I have noticed from doing character strength assessments with a lot of my ADHD clients is that we tend to have at the very top of our, um, our signature strengths, uh, a love of learning. 
<laughs> somewhere down at the bottom of our signature strengths is persistence. Now, that doesn't mean we don't have persistence. It just means we don't use it or utilize it very much. It's not like one of the first strengths we draw upon. But we do draw upon our love of learning because that feeds our curiosity. So that's not really something that surprises me. So knowing that, um, I think it's really important when you're thinking about that next thing that, you know, you really think about, Ooh, how much am I going to be able to learn in this? Is the topic broad enough that there's areas for my learning and growth and, you know, just new skill building within the context of that career? Is there enough there? Or is it something that's extremely niche, which can be tricky for us because if we get into an area that's really niche and then we kind of fall out of love with it, we kind of have to recreate ourselves. if you know what I mean. One other thing that I will say is that it's really helpful to understand how long your cycle of interest grows. Like everybody's a little bit different, but I found that generally it's for careers and businesses, it's around two to four years. And if it's for a hobby, it might be less or more. Um, And it could even apply to relationships, you know, like sometimes we outgrow relationships. Sometimes, you know, we, we morph into such a different person that relationships just don't drive anymore. And it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. And it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with the people around us. We just sort of have gone past our cycle of interest. So knowing what your cycles are, particularly, I think when it comes to work, uh, is really helpful so that you can start thinking ahead of time, uh, where you are in that cycle and preparing yourself for it. Uh, so when you do get to that space, let's say that you are sort of at that crescendo, it's been a year and a half and you're doing what you're doing and you know, oh, you know, the interest is starting to wane. It's becoming a little bit more difficult for me to stay consistent in my job. You know why that is now. It's because your brain chemistry is changing. Um, So as you start to look to the next thing, this is a big opportunity for you to think strategically about what you'll do next. So I'm going to go through a bunch of questions that I have, and these are also on my website. So if you click through the um, the little blurb, the description blurb in your podcast, uh, whatever podcast app you use, um, you'll see a bunch of words under this podcast and there'll be a link. If you just click on it, it'll take you to the blog, or you can just go to my blog. Um, it's ADHDfriendly.com and click on the blog tab. And this will be the most recent one if you're listening to it after launches. Uh, But here's some questions that I think are really useful um, that you can then grab from my website if you want to dive into this more. Uh, On a scale of one to 10, if you're thinking about this new idea, how compelling is it? Does it align to your values? Does it align to your strengths? And does it fulfill your personal needs or does it take away from your personal needs? And if you don't know what your personal needs are, that's a great place to start. I have a needs assessment on my website. Uh, if you, again, go to it's ADHD, it's ADHDfriendly.com, all one word, uh, forward slash tools, you'll see all of my assessments and stuff. So it's a great way to really get to know who you are and what it is that you need to show up as your best self. Back to the questions. Is there plenty of room for growth and learning? As I mentioned, we, you know, learning is a big strength of ours and it feeds our curiosity and interest, which of course is really good for our brain. Are there transferable skills that I can take with me when I'm uh, ready to move on? Is the juice worth the squeeze financially? 
For example, if you want to be a doctor, as you can probably tell, that is years of education and tons of student loans. So if you're not sure if you want to be a doctor or a yoga teacher, you might not want to apply for med school until you've got that one figured out. Uh, and I know it sounds very Captain Obvious, so I just use that as an example, but you get the idea. Like you always want to evaluate how much is it going to cost me in time, energy, and resources to become an expert at this next thing. Also consider if the field is accommodating to your ADHD, like is it creatively stimulating? Does it require that you be consistent and timely? This is another reason why I love entrepreneurship for ADHDers, because the more you have an autonomous schedule, the more you can um, use it to optimize uh, your productivity alongside your, um, your energy and you know, your level of interest at any given time. Uh, and how likely is it that you're going to get bored of this new thing in the short term? And are there opportunities to resparkalize if uh, it does get boring? So resparkalizing is a fun term I heard my coach say. And it's basically, you know, coming back to something that has become like painfully boring and looking for opportunities to make it interesting again, or somehow convince yourself, like, for example, I hate doing taxes. Um, but I listened to a psychologist talk about this. You can literally, if you just like trick your brain into thinking that you love doing taxes, you just keep saying it and you approach doing taxes with like exuberance, like, oh my God, I just love doing taxes. You can apparently uh, trick your brain <laughs> into thinking he loves doing taxes. I haven't tried that yet, but tax season is almost a month. So I'll give that one a roll and I'll let you know how it goes. So back to the back to the topic. Once you have answered like a bunch of those questions to your own satisfaction, you should have a good idea as to whether or not you're aiming in a good direction with your next big idea. So of course, once you've nailed it, you want to like take a moment to acknowledge that you're probably, even if it's the best idea in the world, you're probably gonna cycle out of it for, you know, at some point, and then that's a-okay. The last thing I will say on this, and I think this is a really important part, wherever you are now in your cycle of interest, give yourself a moment to look at what completion might look like. So when you think about it, when we cycle through things, we are very often so focused on the next thing that we our attention moves away from the thing that we're currently working on. And that doesn't always serve us for a number of reasons that I'm sure you can imagine. But the reason that I'm going to point out right now is that we don't have a sense of completion, right? So if you get bored of a job and you get another job offer and you quit your current job and you're off to the next one and you keep doing that and cycle and cycle and cycle without like a sense of closure or completion, then it, you can very easily run into the situation where your brain feels like you've got a bunch of open tabs, right? Like you aren't really taking a moment to pause and appreciate that one job is closing and another job is, you know, starting and not just like visualize that, you know, you are at a point of completion, but also a point of celebration. Like no matter where you are now, if you can, you know, complete what you're currently doing without like blowing it up or setting it on fire, but rather just sort of peacefully complete it and be like, yeah, you know, I did this thing for like two and a half years and it was great. And now I'm ready to move on. But before I do, I want to celebrate all the stuff that I learned, all of the things that I accomplished during that time and, you know, how I'm a better person for it. What I learned about myself while I was in that experience, even if the experience ended poorly, which I never want that to happen for us. So that's another reason why I think it's really important to be aware of this cycle of interest, because wherever you are now, 
It doesn't have to be a disastrous end for you to move on to the next thing. If you really, you know, come to appreciate this and understand your brain and it's, you know, it's energy um, associated with your level of interest, you can manage it better. Knowledge is power, guys. And if we can manage it better, then we can be more strategic and thoughtful about leaving one. I'm talking specifically around jobs here, but this can apply to anything. When you're ready to leave one thing to move on to another, you don't have to have that guilt, shame, and you know, sense of I can never finish anything because I want you to feel like you are finishing things. You are. And if you are intentional about that point of completion, then you're going to feel so much better off in the longer run. So that's what I have for you today. If you want to dive deeper, I've got a blog post all about this, and I also have a YouTube video. So um, once again, let me invite you to join me over on YouTube at It's ADHD Friendly, or just search for my name, Karen McGill, because um, yeah, YouTube's hard, guys. <laughs> it's hard, and I have to put on makeup for that. So uh, come on over and give me a thumbs up or whatever it is you do on YouTube. I'm very, very new to it still. So that's what I have. And before I go, I also want to uh, invite you to consider coaching with me. So if this is something that you know you feels like a point of struggle in your life, and you would like someone to help you sort out your process for starting and ending and what to think about as you go into your next thing, I think it's super, super appropriate at that time, if you're starting to think about your next thing, to really do the work to find out who you are, what you need, what you love, and you know, get so crystal clear about what you do next and so confident that it's the right for, thing for you at that time that you may never want to leave something ever, ever again. And of course, I'm not really legitimately making that promise because it probably won't happen, but that's a-okay. You know, I think that's where I want to leave you that whatever, wherever you're feeling about it now, know that it's just the way your brain is wired. And why wouldn't you want to give your brain every opportunity to thrive? Yeah, with new and novel things and just be kind to it. Be kind to it. Anyways, uh, Squirrel, um, I was talking about coaching. If you would like to work with me on this or any other ADHD topic, and again, you don't have to have ADHD to work with me. I work with uh, ambitious women that, you know, are kind of mired in distraction and really want to get into action and get clear and focused on who they are, what they want, where they want to go so that they are at least directionally uh, correct as they, you know, cycle through their interests. And uh, you can work with me one-on-one -on -one right now, but that's going to be for a limited time. And then I'm moving into group coaching. So I'm starting a group coaching uh, program in March, and I have not nailed down all of the particulars on it, but I have um, opened an interest list on my website. So if you go to itsadhdfriendly.com forward slash coaching, you can see my one-on-one my -on -one packages um, and you can purchase them there. And if you keep scrolling, you will see um, an area where you can put your name on an interest list for the group coaching. So you'll be the first to be notified when I do open for registration. It'll have all of the details there. So, you know, you don't need to decide in the moment, but you'll have some time to decide whether or not it's right for you. So that's it guys. I hope this finds you well. I hope that I have sustained your cycle of interest and I hope I've made you feel a little bit better about yourself today. Maybe you learned something that, you know, might change the way you approach new jobs, businesses, hobbies for the rest of your life. Have a great week. I'll see you next week, or hopefully I will see you on YouTube sooner. I could really use your support. Thanks guys. Talk to you soon. 
Thank you for listening. For links and resources for this podcast, please visit itsadhdfriendly.com or click the link in the show description. Please also be sure to subscribe so you get automatic updates when new shows are posted. And of course, please do leave us an ADHD-friendly review. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.